Luke chapter number 6 as we continue our study in the gospel according to Luke. Luke chapter number 6 and it is good to see you this morning and glad you are here to worship with us. Luke chapter 6 and we'll begin reading in verse number 27 um, this morning. Luke chapter number 6 and we'll begin reading in verse number 27. The word of God says this, but I say unto you which hear, love your enemies Do good to them which hate you. Bless them that curse you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy cloak also. Give to every man that asketh of thee. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank ye have? For sinners also do even the same. If ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to, to sinners to receive as much again. Verse 35. This is, a hard, this is tough, isn't it? Look at this. But love ye your enemies, and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful, unto the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we study it, Lord, as we teach it this morning. Father, I pray that you'd speak to us. I pray, Lord, that you would grow each one of us. Father, I pray that you would do in our hearts and in our minds, God, what I cannot do. Lord, I pray that you would help us to take your word and apply it as we leave in just a few minutes. God, I thank you for the wonderful music this morning. Lord, I thank you for our church. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would bless. Lord, I pray that you would help. I pray that you would encourage each one of us this morning. Father, thank you for being so good to us. Lord, uh, as we've just read, thank you for being merciful to us. Lord, we thank you for your grace, Father. We thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. Lord, you love us even though so often we're unlovable. And God, I do pray today, Lord, as we uh, take this passage, Lord, as you're uh, preaching to your disciples, God, I pray that you would help us to hear what you have for us this morning. Lord, bless us, help us, and grow us. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. We began this uh, text just a few weeks ago. Jesus had called his 12 disciples. He had picked his team. And if you remember with me, he set them down. And he began to give them uh, their orientation of what it would look like to be a disciple. And as we saw just a few weeks ago, it wasn't, uh, it, it really probably came to a surprise to them. They had gathered on this plane. Uh, some would say this was the same as the Sermon on the Mount, but we understand here it's talking about flat ground. Some would say it was another sermon. Either way, it was pretty much the same sermon as the Sermon on the Mount. He turns to his disciples. He looks right at them, and he gives them that orientation that we saw. If we were to go back to verses 20 through 26, he had called some of those disciples out of uh, fishing, and he had called them to do something else. Two were called out of a successful government career uh, to follow him. They had left all, and they followed him. And what were they really called to do? That's what we saw just uh, two or three weeks ago. He set them down, and he gave them their orientation. 
And he said this, you've left everything, but this is what it's going to look like if you're going to follow me. Y'all remember? He said this, if you follow me, you're going to be poor. Remember? I mean, that, it, it, you know, it, right off the bat, I'm out. Anybody out there at all? I am poor and I don't like it. Somebody help me this morning. He said, if you follow me, you're going to be poor. He says, if you follow me, you're going to be hungry. If you follow me, remember he said, you're going to cry. He said, you're going to be persecuted. They're going to hate you. You're going to be excluded. He said, they're not going to accept you. He said, they're going to mock you. And they're even going to cuss you. Now, who wants to sign up for that job? Somebody help me this morning. And that's what they, that's what, when they followed Jesus, they didn't know all they were getting into. So he, he starts out and he, he says, he says, listen, th- this is what it's going to look like for you. You're going to be excluded. You're going to be hurt. Little did they know that one day they'd be martyred. Um, he, but he said, if you're going to be a disciple, this is your job orientation. Here he continues with his message to specifically to his disciples, which what I believe is probably... In my opinion, one of the hardest passages in all of Scripture to practice. This is a tough one. Like, I like the passages that are rules because I can follow those, right? Don't do this. Okay, that's pretty easy. Uh, You know, don't do that. Man, I can follow that. But this one, this is where some real spirituality and some real Christianity comes into play. Because anybody can follow a list of rules and regulations. Anybody can do that. This is where it gets hard, is when you ain't treated right. How do you respond? Man, how do you respond when they hate you? How do you respond when you're excluded? How do you respond when they cuss you? How do you respond when they mock you? And that's specifically what he's going to address in this text. He continues here. He had given them that orientation, and what now he's giving them is some preparation for what is to come in their life, what they are going to experience. Man, they're going to be poor. They're going to be hungry. They're going to cry some tears. They're going to be hated. They're going to be excluded. They're going to be mocked, and they're going to be cussed. It sounds like what some preachers would say Christianity is like today, right? This isn't the health and wealth that Jesus was preaching here. He's giving them instruction on how to respond to the coming hate, to the coming exclusion, to the coming mocking, and to the coming cussing. I mean, it's an interesting text. How to respond to those that hate you. How to respond to those that cuss you. You ever been cussed out before? I have. I don't like it. I want to cuss back. Somebody help me this morning. Don't look at me like that. How to respond to those, specifically in this text, that use you. How to respond to those that steal from you. How to respond to those who, listen, who, who, who really just simply persecute you, hate you, and are ugly to you. To practice these verses, I believe, is one of the hardest things in life to do. It, takes, it truly takes a spirit-filled person to have the responses that Jesus is teaching in this text. It goes against our flesh, doesn't it? It goes against our will. It goes against our nature. It's counter-cultural to what's going on in our world. Let's work through this text, and I just want to give you some things to take home this morning. Look at verse 27. First thing he says, look at it, verse 27. But I say unto you which hear, and what, what he's saying here is that, and that's kind of an odd phrase, but he's saying this, to those of you that are willing to listen, I want to say something to you. I want to tell you something. So if you're willing to listen, I've got something for you. And look what he says here. Look at this first phrase. 
Love. Are y'all seeing this? Anybody, y'all ever read the Bible and don't like it? It's okay to say yes. Look what it says. Love your what? Help me out this morning. Love your enemies. I don't know about you. When I first read that, I'm like, no. That's tough. Love your enemies is what he says. Right off the bat to his disciples, he said, you're going to have some enemies, and this is what you're to do. You're not to hate them. You're to what? You're to love them. And then look at this. This is terrible. This is hard. Not only love your enemies, and it's even hard to love people we like sometimes. Somebody help me this morning. And you want me to love my enemies? Love your enemies, and then look at this next phrase. And do good to those that hate you. How many of y'all would agree this goes against everything inside of us? I'm supposed to love my enemies. I'm supposed to do good to those that hate me. He's very, uh, I mean, it's very imperative here, and he's very bold. He just comes out and says it. Those that hate you, he doesn't give any exceptions. He says, you're to love your enemies, you're to do good to those that hate you. And then look at verse 28. It gets worse, I think. Bless them that curse you. What's he saying there? Well, when I get cursed, what what do you want to do? I want to curse back. I mean, I know we're in church and we're bad, but can we just be honest? Somebody cusses at me, I want to cuss them back. You're driving down the road and somebody gives you the bird. Huh? How many of y'all got to go like this? But he says this. What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to return that to them? Man, my flesh, I've had those moments. Man, we, and we live in an angry world where people are just, man, they're cursing. They're screaming about everything. Right? Y'all know what I'm I mean, everybody's mad. Everybody in the world's mad right now. We were in the airport yesterday. And we're sitting there just minding our own business. Trying to get home, we're ready to get home, and I'm ready to get home like on the second day of vacation. Is anybody else like that? I like my routine. We're, we're, we're trying to get home yesterday, we're sitting in the airport. This lady had this dog in the airport, a service dog. You could tell that the service dog deal that she had on this dog was one you bought off Amazon. It wasn't no service dog. Service dogs obey. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like a service dog, they listen, they obey, they're good dogs. She's got this service dog, and she's walking through there. Me and Sarah are sitting there, I, I'm sitting there drinking a cup of coffee, just reading a little bit, minding my own business. And that service dog, right in the middle of the airport, I'm telling you, this is Fort Lauderdale, yesterday about 1 o'clock, that dog is walking. Am I lying this morning? This is, this is truth. We're, we're just sitting there enjoying talking, and that dog stops right there. The middle of the airport in front of God and everybody, and be- proceeds to do something that you should only do in private. And I'm not, I don't want to be crass in the pulpit this morning, but it leaves a literal pile of something in the middle floor. And I'm so intrigued. I mean, I'm like, this is like, man, we had to sit in the airport for five hours. I'm like, Lord, thank you. We get, we, this is killing time. So, Man, we, we at least, so we watch this, and, and, and man, so I'm, I'm, there's a store right here. We're sitting right here. The dog is right there. And so Sarah's, you know, we, we're pretty chill, but Sarah's like, man, the, the lady just looks around, walks off. She walks right off. Doesn't tell anybody. So there's a store right there. So Sarah proceeds to go in the store just, you know, kindly and just tells the lady, man, could you get somebody, uh, you know, there's some out here. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, of course, people are just laughing because, like, who doesn't clean that up? Who just keeps walking, right? So Sarah tells the lady, and the, you know, the two ladies in there, just fr- they come out and look at you know, they're, ah, oh my gosh. We literally sit there for, what do you think, the next hour? The next hour, nobody shows up from the airport. I, I should have recorded more than I did, but as people are exiting the planes, I mean, if y'all could have seen people walking by, they go, you know, people are taking pictures of it. I mean, it was wild. Well, the lady comes back by with the dog. The ladies in the store see her and say, hey, your dog, and I can't use the language that they used, okay, in church, I'm not going to do that. Your dog. And she proceeds to act like it ain't her dog that did it. So we're looking around, and there's no human is in the middle of the airport going to do this. Is it right, me? It's not gonna, there's one lady with a dog. So she began, after this confrontation goes on, which I, I was like, man, we live in the world of, I should have videoed her. I knew it when that dog. She begins to scream at these people. Like, it, and, and when I, I was sitting here, I was thinking over the sermon today, and she is in the wrong. All she had to do was clean up this mess. But I'm an adult, and I act like a kid, and nobody, can, is everybody tracking me? We live in a, and she was angry at somebody else for a problem that she had caused. Does everybody see what I'm saying there? She had exploded on someone else because of something that she just didn't take responsibility for. How many of y'all agree that's the world we live in right now? If we're not careful, listen, if, it, if we're not careful, like that, when someone confronts us, like this lady was confronted in a situation, how does she respond? With anger? With hate, with not taking responsibility. And I was sitting there thinking, we just live, this, this is what it reminded me of, that story to tell you this. We live in a stinking angry world where people don't want to take responsibility. And if we're not careful as believers, y'all listen to me, y'all listen close on this, we can be the same way. Sometimes Christians, and we're going to get into this a little bit deeper this morning if we have the time, sometimes Christians can be the most ignorant, angry people in the world. For a long time, this is what's happened. We've been known way more for what we're against than what we're for. Some of the angriest people that I know are preachers. They get up, scream at people. You ever been in a service and you're like, why in the world is he screaming at me? Yeah, you're like, yeah, Jake, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> okay. This is what I'm trying to say this morning. I think sometimes what we think is standing for right and standing for for Jesus is so opposite of what Jesus intended for his followers. He says this, and this is tough, man. This got convicted me so much this week. He said, you're to love your enemies. You're to do good to those that that use you. Does anybody like being used? No. But what are we supposed to do? We're to do good to them. Look Look at this. Look at verse 28. Bless those, bless those that curse you. Could you, you know, bless those that curse you. This lady's yelling at you when it's her fault. God bless you, ma'am. You know. Bless those that curse you. And look at this. Pray for those who hurt you, verse 28. Verse 29. This is a tough one. And unto him that smiteth thee on the cheek. What does it say? Offer the other one. Now, I don't know about you. Somebody smacks me in the face. I don't like people touching my face. Is anybody else like that? And what he's doing here, he's not saying that there's never a time to fight. We could go through Scripture. You've got to compare Scripture with Scripture. There's a time for war. There's a time for peace. There's times we've got to stand up. There's times we do fight for what's right. But that's not all the time. 
One old preacher said it this way, not every hill is worth dying on. And many of us die on hills that we had no intended even fighting the battle on. Saying this, man, there's going to be times where people wrong you. And he, this, is what he's, this is what he's implying here. Christians shouldn't seek revenge. Man, that's hard because if somebody wrongs you, what do you want to do? Man, you want to put them in your place. Someone says something about your family or someone does something to you. Man, our flesh says, you know what? This is what our flesh says. I'm the same way as you. I want to get them back. And what does he say here? Man, if they hit you on the cheek, turn the other one. How many of y'all agree this would take a spirit-filled person? I mean, he says this. He says, so love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Bless those that cuss you. Pray for those who hurt you. Turn your cheek. And then look at verse number 29. And to him that smiteth thee on one cheek also offer the other. And then look at this. This gets harder. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy cloak also. So he says this. This is, this is tough, man. He says, and, and in the Old Testament law, law, understand that a cloak was actually commanded. If you took somebody's cloak, by the end of the day, I think it's in Deuteronomy 19, somewhere around there, if someone took your coat, or if you took someone's cloak, you had till the end of the day to return it to them, or you were basically breaking the law. He's saying this, if someone takes your cloak, man, go ahead and give them the shirt off your back. Someone steals from you. Now, I tell people all the time, there's two things that just bother. Don't lie to me and don't steal from me. You know, those are two things that just get me. It says here, man, if they take from you, man, give them your other one. Look at this. Look at this. This gets worse still. Trust me. 31. Look at verse 31. Or look at verse 30. Give to every man that asketh of thee. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. So he's saying two things here. We need to, we're supposed to give to people without expecting anything in return. I mean, we're, to lend, we're not even to lend to them. We're to give it to them. Just say, hey, keep it. Verse 31. This one is known as the golden rule. You've heard this before. And as ye would that men should do to you, do you also to them likewise. He says, listen, we are, you're called as a disciple to treat people how you wanted to be treated. By the way, if we would just practice that, if the, think how much, man, how much would change in our lives. I mean, treat that other person. How you want to be treated. And then look at verse number 32. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? So he's saying this. It's easy to, when everybody agrees, it's easy to love somebody that loves you. For sinners also love those that love them. Verse 33. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank ye? For sinners also do even the same. He says this, anybody can love people that love them. Anybody can do good to someone that's going to do good to them back, right? That's what he's saying here. Then look at verse 34. And if ye lend to them <clears throat> whom ye hope to receive, what thank you have? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. So he says, the world, sinners, non-believers, loan, expecting something in return. He said, we're supposed to be different than them. Now that's tough, man. That's a tough thing. Look at verse 35. Here he kind of sums it up again. But, and he repeats himself, love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And notice these words. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the thank unthankful and to the evil. Man, aren't you thankful we serve a kind father this morning? 
Look at verse 36. Be ye there merciful. You could use this word. It carries the same idea. Be ye compassionate and merciful as your Father also is compassionate or merciful. Now, what do you think with me? We read through that, and it's almost kind of funny. I mean, you know, we're supposed to not cuss people back that cuss us. We're not supposed to uh, be angry with those that are angry with us. We're not supposed to, we're supposed to love those, uh, you know, that don't love us. We're not supposed to hate those that hate us. But I want you to think about this with me. I want you to, I think sometimes we read that and we separate it from who's speaking and who's being spoken to. We've got to think about this in the context of who's speaking here. Who's speaking here? Jesus is, all right? So we've got to remember that. And who's he speaking to? He's speaking to his disciples. Now, the disciples didn't realize that just in a short period of time, guess what would happen? Jesus would die. He'd be persecuted. He'd be mocked. He'd be hated. He'd be excluded. And he's preaching this message. Little did they know that just a, a, a few, less than a year, some of them a couple years later, some of them would be martyred. And he's telling them this lesson. Man, one that would be martyred and others that would be martyred, that's who he is speaking to. The one speaking that says, love your enemies, accept and not be angry and to give and do all these things, would Jesus would be the very one that when he came unto his own, what's the word of God say? His own what? Received him not. He would be rejected by his own, John chapter 1. It also says this in John chapter 15. He says this, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If you have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. Jesus knew, and this is why this text is so powerful. He knew that what? His death was going to be imminent. He came to die. He knew that just in a year's time, less than a year's time, he would hang on a cross. The, the same one that was saying, love your enemies, would be crucified in just a few weeks by his enemies. He's the same one that was prophesied about in Psalm 139, or 129, verse number 3, that said, the plowers plowed upon my back, they made long his furrows. This is the same one that knew that the scourging was coming and that that cat of nine tails would wrap around his body. And man, he was the same one that just in a few days, those cat of nine tails of that sharp leather and bones and glass and metal would wrap around his body and would begin, his, literally his body would be carved. Yet he said, love your enemies and do good to those that persecute you. It is said as that metal digs into the skin of the victim. When the whip is ripped back, strips of skin and muscle would be shredded from the person's body. It's said that many would never make it to the cross because they wouldn't survive the beating of those nine razor strands hitting you 39 times, leaving 351 open lacerations on your side, abdomen, and back. And it's the same man that sat there just a few days before knowing that that was coming that said, love your enemies and do good to those that hate you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. After he was scourged, it was the same man that they put that purple robe and that crown of thorns and they mocked Christ saying, Hail, King of the Jews, laughing and mocking the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Yet he stood there a few days before and said, Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Bless them that curse you. Matthew chapter number 27. Then they released he Barabbas unto them. By the way, a murderer and a thief. 
When he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall, and they gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers, and they stripped him. And they put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, and they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. The, listen, the, the, this crown of thorns isn't the thorns that we're picturing out here. These are those Jerusalem thorns, three to four inches long, that it dug into his scalp. And they spit upon him, it says, and took the reed and smote him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him. Yet he said this, Love your enemies. Do good to them which hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you. Man, that cross, I can picture it on his torn shoulders. Yet he says, love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Could you imagine picturing him just a few days later, those nails would be driven into his hands, those same nails. Listen, those railroad spikes driven into his hands and his feet. Man, those hands those nail-scarred hands that we're going to see one day. Hey, those hands that fed the 5,000. Those hands that touched the blinded eye. Hey, those hands that healed the lame. Those hands that protect us from good and, or, or from all evil. Yet he said this, love your enemies and do good to them <laughs> which hate you. Wow. What a message to us. The same one that would have all of his bones dislocated and out of joint. Love your enemies. Do good to those that hate you. The same one that would have his side pierced. You remember when he stood before Pilate? Y'all remember the story? Pilate began to question him. By the way, Pilate knew that he wasn't guilty. Remember, Pilate tried to get him out of it a couple times. And he said, basically, basically Pilate has this conversation with Jesus and says, Hey, are you, you know, are you the king of the Jews? Blah, blah, blah. And Jesus, what did Jesus do? Did he fight back? Huh? What did he do? says this, he either said, thou sayest, or he answered nothing. He says this, we're to love our enemies. We're to do good those that hate us. We're to pray for those that use us. We're to bless those that curse us. He knew all that was coming. It's powerful to think about, isn't it? Yet he taught his disciples look, look back at it. I want you all just to think about this. He is getting ready to go through everything he's talking about. Look back at verse 27. But I say unto you, which here, love your enemies. Do good to them would hate you. Bless them that curse you and pray for them which despitefully use you. And he goes on to say, listen, if you get slapped on one cheek, turn the other. What a powerful message he's saying. And I really believe he's giving us, man, really giving us what it looks like to live the Spirit-filled life. I want to give you just a couple things which we've already given you. I just want to go back over these. I want us just to think together. I want us to think together for just a minute this morning. Let the haters hate, hate, hate. Is that a song? It's in my head. Let the haters hate. It's hard, isn't it? This is what I mean by anybody can follow rules and regulations, Right? I mean, if, somebody, if I'm going in somewhere and somebody lays out a piece of paper and says, okay, you can't do this, you can't do this, I'm probably going to break them anyway, but I could follow them. Rules were made to be broken, right? Does anybody else live like me? I've been a rebel since I was a kid, right? You can't do this? Okay, we'll see. <laughs> you know, that's how I live. It's a terrible way to live. But you could do that if you wanted to. You could have the self-discipline to follow some rules. This is where it gets hard, though. Because I've seen a lot of people who are good Christians at church. 
We can follow, you know. I remember I used to be in a church where, you, man, if you want to do anything, you had to like, there's like 37 pages of stuff you had to follow, <laughs> you know. Couldn't do this, couldn't do that. Hair couldn't touch the back of your collar. No mullet. Somebody help me this morning, you know. I, you can do that. You can conform. You can, y- y'all listen to me. You can conform. There's a big difference between conforming and being transformed. There's a lot of people that conform. There's not a lot of people that have been transformed. By the way, there's a lot of people that are conformed that sit in Baptist churches this morning that are going to spend eternity in hell because they've never been transformed. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. I always step back when I see Christians who are full of hate because that's not very Christ-like. I know this isn't a popular message in the world we're living in. But Christians, listen, I'm just telling you what the Bible says here. And this is hard. This is hard living. This is the hard sayings of Christ here. Because anybody can say, oh, I don't do what they do, and I don't go where they go, and I don't drink what they drink, and I don't smoke what they smoke, and I don't dress how they dress, and I don't listen to what they listen to. But how do you treat people that hate you? You want to know how Christ-like you are? How many, think about this, how many religious people hate you, and how many, how many Pharisees hate you, and how many sinners love you? <laughs> That's hard, isn't it? Who was Jesus hanging out? It wasn't the religious people. They accused him of sitting there with the drunks, hanging out with the prostitutes. They accused him. Are y'all, is everybody waking here this morning? I know this is uncomfortable. But see, sometimes we forget what true Christianity is. True Christianity is spirit-filled life happens when things go the way that we don't want them to go. How do we respond? When somebody doesn't like us, when somebody says something about us, when someone persecutes us, when things don't go our way, when someone hates us, when someone curses us, when some, is any, <laughs> this is tough. First thing he says is this. A couple things this morning, and we'll go since you're already mad at me. How are we supposed to respond to the haters this morning? Number one, look at verse 27. It says, love them. The very people that would drive those nails into Christ's hands, the very people that spit upon him, the very people that mocked him, the very man that was released and he took his place. This is wild. He loved them. By the way, that's us. We ought to be thankful for that this morning. There was a time where the Word of God says this, we were enemies with him, but he reconciled us to himself. Man, he loves us. I just want to encourage you, if we're going to be Christ-like, and this is hard, man. I'm not saying I've got this conquered because I don't. I'm working on it. I'm trying to get the Lord to help me. But, man, we're supposed to love people that hate us. The climate that we're going into in our world, the more we live for Jesus, the more we stand for truth. And listen, I believe we ought to stand for truth. If you come to our church, you know, we preach hard, we preach straight, we preach what the Bible says. But listen, there's a way to do it in grace. We should not be people that are full of hate. You know those people that we see on television, man, that sometimes you see them. Does anybody else, you turn on the news or you look around, you see these people, man, does anybody else just inside just boil up and it's like, man, it makes me angry. We must never forget this, that the deepest, darkest, worst sin you can think of, God can forgive. The hope for this world, and I just want to, man, and you know, man, you, I'm as far, if you knew what I believe politically, you think I was crazy. I'm not starting a cult, though. Somebody help me this morning. You think I was nuts. 
But can I just tell you and remind you, and listen, I want to see our nation preserved. Man, I want my daughter and my grandkids down the road, Lord willing, someday to have what we've had in our our lifetime. I want to see that, man. I want to see our freedom preserved. I'm a gun-toting right wing. That's what I am. However, you listen to me, that's not the answer for this country. That's not the answer for this world. There's a lot of moral people and there's a lot of conservatives that will spend eternity in hell someday. The answer for this world, the thing that will change people's life, is, the, is when they understand the love that God has for them. How do people see God's love right now in our world? You know how they see it? They see it through you. They see it through me. And let me just ask you this. I'm going to move on. How do you respond when someone hates you? Man, that's hard, isn't it? What does he say? We're to love them. Man, we're to care. Man, we're to love those people. Man, we're to love them because God loves them. For God, I love this verse. For God so loved the what? That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. I still believe this. God can take the lowest, the worst thing that you can think of in your life. He can change their life. Do y'all believe that this morning? If I didn't believe that, I'd quit doing what I'm doing this morning. Man, I believe God can do that. You know why I believe that? Because he did it for me. Augustine said it this way, and we've heard it all, and I've shared it before in here. We've heard it, in the, especially in the South, in the Bible, about where to love the sinner and hate the sin. Huh? We've all grown up. Love the sinner and hate the sin. That's easy to say about other people's sin. Augustine said it this way, love the sinner and hate your own sin. Men, we're to love those <laughs> that are our enemies. Second thing he says is this, 27, to do good. Y'all see in this? I know this is not a fun sermon. Do good to them which hate you. Man, that's hard. Kill them with kindness. You know, by the way, I've learned this. You know, if you're in a marriage, how many of y'all like to argue? Raise your hand. How many of y'all like to argue? Some people like to argue. Y'all are a bunch of liars in the house of God. I've seen some of y'all on Facebook. Y'all won't say it in here because you ain't got the guts, but behind the keyboard, bless God. Huh? So me and Sarah, we, Sarah likes to argue. She wants to have a good fight every once in a while. I've, I've, guys, let me give you a trick. If they want to fight... Because some women, they just want to fight. They want to argue. They just got to get up. Like, ah! Mm. Let me tell you something. You want to make them matter? Just be nice. You want to make your enemies hate you more when they come after you? Don't say nothing. But that's what he's saying. Do good to them. Just be a blessing to them. Man, isn't that what Jesus has done for us? Man, this is tough, isn't it? Love your enemies. Do good. And then verse 28, look at this one. Blessing that curse you. This is, man, this is a hard one. This next part's hard for me. And pray for them which despitefully use you. Saying this, those people that have hurt you in your life, how many of y'all had somebody that's hurt you? We all have. You know what it says we're to do for those people? Not to get revenge, not to try to get them back, not to try to put them in their place, or to pray for them. I wonder who already this morning God's laid on your heart that you need to pray for. I found this out, and I'm almost done this morning. When I'm having an issue somebody, when I pray for them, it changes my perspective sometimes. It may not even change them, but guess who it'll change? You may not believe me. I'm just telling you it will. Guess who it'll change? Prayer don't always change them, but you know who prayer will change? And guess who needs? Guess who I need to change more than I need them to change? I need me to change. Man, pray for them. Look at the second one. Verse 30. We're almost done. Look at this. Verse 30. Give. I circled that. Just to be a giver. Man, if I'm going to be a spirit, spirit-filled Christian, i got to be a person that just gives. 
I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about just giver of time, giver of love, giver of maybe something material. Just be a giver, not just a taker. We live in a world of takers. Everybody wants to take, 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 take. That goes along with that song, hate, 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 hate. Man, when's the last time, maybe, maybe put it this way, maybe summarize the sermon this way. When's the last time you just loved somebody, gave to somebody, and blessed somebody that couldn't do nothing for you? Somebody can do something for us. Man, I'm going to do something for them. But what about that person who can't do nothing for you? That's what Christ did for us, isn't it? <laughs> I couldn't do nothing for him, but I'm so thankful this morning that he could do something for me. Man, I couldn't bless him, <laughs> but he sure could bless me. Man, I couldn't even begin to love him. Oh, but he loved me. You know why I love him? Because he first loved me. This morning. Man, I couldn't give anything to him. But he gave his only begotten son to me. Jesus is sitting there on the side of this plane, knowing what's about to come. He says, love your enemies. <laughs> he was about to have some major ones. Matter of fact, some of the very crowd that's sitting around will be the same ones that walked him up Golgotha's Hill. Love your enemies. Can y'all picture him sitting there knowing, looking through them? Judas is sitting there. <laughs> Judas is sitting there. He says, do good to them. Pray for them and bless them. Man, if we're going to live the Spirit-filled, Christ-like life, if we're going to be disciples of Jesus, man, we need to live in that way. Could you imagine if just Christianity would have that type of love? Could you imagine if just us in this room would have that type of grace and love and concern for others? What God could do through us? You know, sometimes we're just known for being hateful people. And I know it's unjustified much of it. But I wonder how much of it is justified. Man, I want to live in a way. If I'm going to err, I want to err on the side of grace. Man, I want to err on the side of compassion. I want to err on the side of of love. Maybe today you just need to decide, you know what, that enemy that I have, I'm going to forgive them. Man, that person that I hate, you know what, I don't got to be best friends with them. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to bless them. Hey, the Lord's imposed on my heart today maybe to give to somebody that I know needs it and could do nothing for me. What an awesome decision that would be for you to make today. Our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Let's stand to our feet. Matt's going to sing just a verse or two this morning. The altar's open. After the service, we'll have some counselors up front that would love to pray with you and help you in any way we can. Matt's going to sing just a few verses. The Someone altar's open this morning. Think about it this morning.